Welcome to Ancient Answers, the podcast where we discuss modern topics and modern issues by looking to the wisdom of the civilizations that came before us. My name is Shane. I'm Gordon. And we are here today to talk about something very close to Gord's heart, for sure. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but something that uh, a lot a lot of people might not think of as a, as a really interesting ancient, uh, ancient history topic. We are going to be discussing board games. Board games. Ancient board games. Or ancient games of any type. Yes. And I don't, yeah. we don't mean games such as Olympic games and stuff. We've mm -hmm. already talked about that. But yeah, actually... Leisure games. Yeah, we're talking about small scale, you know, between two to four players or depending, well, depending on the rules, of course. That's but true. Table, tabletop games. Tabletop games. Actually, that's probably the way. Campfire games. There you go, yeah. <laughs> um, we were surprised to find out. I am a bit of a game enthusiast. I design games and a number of other things. And so I have looked to inspiration uh, to a variety of different sources that have come down I passed. But uh, digging around a little bit, having some fun exploring ancient history, even myself, I was surprised to find some things. <laughs> and you were too. Yep. I know that. Yep. Um, it shows, well, first of all, even going back to the earliest times, ancient people played games. We have evidence of board games that go back into 2200 BC, mm -hmm. at least, if not earlier. Yep. There are even... Uh, discussions amongst uh, like early paleontologists who you know look at the world before the written record and see that there were little bone games what appeared to be you know from animal knuckle bones and stuff like yeah. that games that sort of mimic what we would we would think would be dice okay that were some kind of maybe a luck game where they threw them and depending on how they fell on the ground they would interpret them in different ways well, I find that fascinating that humans have played games from as long as we have written records and even before that. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, it's, it's a, when you really think about it, it isn't terribly surprising that, you know, throughout the entirety of human history that people have found ways to amuse themselves and to That's pass right. the time. And, and just as, you know, why is it so strange that, you know, us as a society, a modern society who created Monopoly, let's say, you know, why is it so strange to think of past peoples inventing a game? To That's right. Past time and, and yeah. socialize and whatnot. But and, and socialize, it was yeah. obviously uh, an issue of socializing. We we see later issues of gambling coming in, which yeah. is a different a, a different layer of intensity on that one. <laughs> um, but you know, I I do remember as a kid watching the movie The Ten Commandments in the theater, and there's a scene there where under the pharaohs court they're playing a game of what appears to be jackals and i'm not sure but they just call it jackals and they had some very elaborate pieces i found out later that actually the the show writers for that movie actually took an example of a game mm -hmm. modified it and made the actors play it in homage to the fact that they had found in archaeological digs what appears to be a kind of a chasing game okay uh, mimicking jackals and, and other animals running around a board, a yeah. pegboard, and they modified it for the movie. Yeah. I remember as a kid going, wow, they're playing a game. <laughs> and, and, you know... <laughs> We're going to ignore it's the fact. Hollywood, but it's, it was for me. Like, and, we're, and we're going to ignore the fact that Gord was a kid when the Ten Commandments came out. That's right. And Hollywood had, had, had made it. But it still gave me this impression. Oh, people have been playing games for a while. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So 
Well, as as a great board game enthusiast and tabletop game enthusiast, uh, where where should we be starting off with this? Uh, well, certainly, we go back to the three great uh, lo- locales of ancient history. China, mm-hmm. we know, had a variety of games. They're not as well known, certainly not as well known in the West. We we do know of such things as Go. Yep. Uh, I'll come back to that a little bit later. Uh, but uh, games that involve like a pegboard. We see it today as uh, the game Nine Men, uh, where you move around a pegboard and you chase each other. Uh, we see, the, the I mentioned, a dice-related or style of game. Mm-hmm. In fact, the first real carved dice as uh, six-sided cubes. Okay, yeah. Uh, 2200 BC. Oh, wow. Yeah, so obviously the idea of of a chance game, mm-hmm. rolling dice and getting numbers coming up your way and stuff like that. Yeah. Go back to that long time. So, uh, and in Egypt, as I mentioned, we do know they had uh, a game that pharaohs played, that was also the way it was called, that was sort of a pegboard game where you moved around. Mm-hmm. Now these games, pe- you know, people would cross, you know, exchange and trade and games began to move around and actually you can trace the uh, you know people had games buried with them yeah so we can see by the times of certain tombs games that were buried with them we can see okay there's a game that has moved from let's say the mesopotamia area it's in egypt yeah so it had moved across trade and other stuff like that mm-hmm. it is actually one of the markers that is used not a primary marker mm-hmm. for trade oh because yeah. if you see uh, a game that came from one place and then later you find evidence in another place, you then have evidence that there's been some trade, commercial yeah. trade in between. Yeah, just just like any other kind of commodity That's right. that doesn't originate from a certain area. It's something traceable that you can follow to see the interactions between different groups, I suppose. Yeah, and one thing I found really interesting while doing research for this was I found a lot of the ones I stumbled across anyway uh, had their origins in ancient Egypt. Quite a few. Yeah, yeah. There were, like, the uh, the first one I found was uh, Senate, which is, according to this uh, Smithsonian ar- article that I found, um, is actually one of the earliest known board games and dates all the way back to, they think, around 3100 B.C. That's true. That may be even earlier in terms of the, the one sample that they found mm-hmm. appears to be... Now, I actually have a copy of Senate. Oh, okay. There's a modern uh, manufacturer. In fact, it's over... For there, uh, <laughs> it's a it's a modern board version of the game, so people yeah. can play the game. Yeah, it it's surprisingly complex. It's not a game that's okay. just like oh, it was really easy and simple for simpletons. No, it's yeah. a game that involves some strategy. Uh, the thing is, we're not hundred percent sure how they played it, mm-hmm. so the modern version it takes some liberties. Yeah, of course. Yeah, kind of a fun game. It's a chance game because you roll a dice and mm-hmm. the dice determine. Your moves, and you have to make decisions based on what you do. Yes, if if I remember correctly, that one there, it's it's the that's like the long narrow board, right? That's right. I think yeah, with the two ends that are fatter, and then like a little bridge in between. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So uh, what else did you find on that? Well, that's true. Ancient Egypt. uh, I I have a I have a a kind of a laughable thought. (laughs) Mesopotamia and ancient Egypt was hot in the summer. And when you're waiting for the crops to grow, you have time on your hands. Mm, that's true. Even if you were a peasant. So maybe the games were a low-cost amusement. Uh, I mean, certainly there's a couple scholarly reports that say 
with you know they people played games more than just royal families. Oh yeah. Even though the, some of the games are called the royal game. Yes. Well, there was there was one. I'm just looking through my notes now to see if I can find which one. But uh, when you just when you mentioned that um, you know it wasn't just high class or low class, or like they were enjoyed by everyone. There was one in particular. This article had mentioned that um, they found they found very very elaborate uh, board games where it was these beautiful pieces in, inlaid with lapis lazuli and yes. and some and like jade and all these these precious stones. But then they found evidence of other boards that were just inscribed in stone or just scratched into clay. So very, very much class distinction in at least the, the surface that you were using and the figures that you were using. But still, the fact that the games themselves were enjoyed by people of all stripes. Well, that's true. I mean, you can go today to a dollar store and buy a chess set. Yeah. That, it's yeah, not exactly going to be made out of marble <laughs> or anything like that. But it's the same thing. In fact... It, that's a good segue to the game of chess. Of all mm -hmm. the board games, chess is the the queen game. Yeah. In fact, rec the recent uh, success of the uh, oh the Queen's Gambit, Queen's Gambit, yeah. which I enjoyed, um, a game about chess. It's a fictional story, great story, uh, but it highlighted what has come in our culture, the queen game. That is, okay. chess is by far, and when we have tournaments and we have international tournaments with chess. But chess's origins are interesting because there is consensus on exactly where it came from. Yeah. That, and, oh, sorry, carry on. There's, <laughs> there's basically the idea it came from India, mm -hmm. yep. and that somewhere at least 600 BC, uh, the, the, the traditional legend is that it was presented to a Shah. Uh, again, which Shah, it's different, even it's, it's said it's a kosha, but uh, the, the Shah was so impressed by this game's elegant simplicity mm -hmm. the game was pretty well what we have today some of the pieces moved a little differently but it, yeah. it's basically chess uh but in reward for the inventor uh it was this famous thing i'll give you anything you want <laughs> as a thank you yeah and the story is that the inventor said okay well this is really easy take the chess board the eight by eight board yeah i want you to give me one grain of rice for the first square and I want you to double it for each subsequent square. Okay. So two grains of rice for the second square. Yeah. And then four grains for the third square and, and eight, eight and 16. sixteen. Okay. Yeah. And and of course the Shah immediately agrees because he's very happy with this game and yeah. intrigued by this game. And the whole joke of the story is, or the moral of the story is, if you do the math, I was going to say, what does that add up to after sixty-four squares? About <laughs> one third the mass weight of the earth. <laughs> So the whole idea is that don't make promises you can't fill. Yeah, or read the fine print. And that comes goes back to six hundred, at least six hundred yeah. BC. Yeah, that was part of the story. However, chess and various variants of chess was immediately uh, popularized in the mm -hmm. uh, the Persian area. Yep. That we call Iran, Iraq now, uh, and of course it it spread around the world. And it it it's funny we have examples of chess games in. Gull, okay, so, so modern-day France, yeah. Yeah, modern-day France, as early as 200 B.C. So oh, wow. it's only a 400-year gap, and it's in an area that actually has three empires in between, or three yeah. major government governing bodies in between. So trade obviously carried it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, we, we know that chess was played all through 
uh, yeah. version during Rome, but certainly during the medieval era and onto the yes. modern world. Yeah, well, and actually one thing that I found really interesting about the origins of chess, because uh, I read along the same, I didn't really know about that whole, uh, I don't know if you want to call the it rice, mythology or folk, the folklore behind story, it, yeah. <laughs> but I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> um, uh, but... Uh, one of the things I read about the origins of chess is that, yeah, it, it did originate in India. Um, apparently, there's theories that the original game was called something uh, Chaturanga, which is Sanskrit for four limbs. And so this article was saying that in the original version of chess, it was actually played between four players. That's true. And yeah. there was, and in fact, there is a four version. A four-player version? Four-player version today. Okay. Um, I've never seen that. I, yep. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, just the board is is not perfectly square. It's a little bit looks like a cross. Okay. Uh, you can play it that way. You can play it with a board larger than the 8x8. Eight eight. Yeah. Uh, like it's usually a 12x12 12 12 or even a 16x16. 16 16. Okay. Um, it's, it's a clumbersome. It's it's a little clumbersome. I've played yeah. the game. Okay. Uh, it is a different kind of game. Somehow the classic two-person game... Played by Russians, <laughs> and today that's that's what we think of Russia. Oh. Uh, sorry, as as chess and and and, and that sort of cultural uh, inheritance. But yeah, you're right. It, there has been yeah, different it, versions and different ways. I mean, there is different ways of playing the game even today. Yeah, and and a lot of a lot of games in general, there's adaptive rules for the circumstances, and and you know people play with their own variations and their own house rules and that's whatnot, right. right? Like that's. But the alternating goes. square colors for mm -hmm. the board don't seem to have been added into the late medieval era. Oh, okay. I never so, even thought of that actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the same with checkers. Checkers is kind of related. Yep. Uh, it's a game that actually probably draws its origin to the late Roman period. But just before medieval period, uh, it came as a simple version. But you know, there's a reason why games like checkers and chess, and I'll, I'm gonna, we'll talk about mahjong, go, backgammon, why they are popular, mm -hmm. and and even some of the games and any of the dice games is they're portable. Yeah, that is an yes. That That's is a the very thing. good point. Yes, uh, we know Roman soldiers were obsessed with dice games. Yeah, we even had commentaries about how they would blow an entire year's wages over a dice game. Yeah, and in fact, if you take a look at Chinese dice today, they have an extra large one. Okay, and the four are green. Oh, that's okay. your tr and actually I think the one is green too. That's a kind of a sell. It comes from a story where one of their emperors was gambling and apparently needed a roll of fours and yeah. ones to win the game. Rolls it, gets the fours and ones, wins the games. And so tradition is that the number one and number four are colored green <laughs> for jade. Oh, okay, yeah. On Chinese designed dice, so oh. the six sided version. Yeah. Now, the other interesting thing about dice, dice games, and we'll come back to other board games that use dice, is what they often call the Greek dice um, family. Okay. Because we think of dice as only six-sided dice, the cubic shape. But actually, mm -hmm. there are a total of six what they call platonic shapes. That is, shapes that have every side is the same uh, shape. Okay. So you can have an eight-sided dice yeah. where the sides are triangles. Yeah. You can have a ten-sided dice. You can have a twelve-sided dice. Mm -hmm. You can have a twenty-sided dice. As someone who plays Dungeons and Dragons, I'm very familiar with all That's these right. dice. And there's also a four-sided <laughs> dice. It yes. looks like a little triangle. Yeah. 
we when you when you roll it, you have to look at the number that's at the bottom. Yeah, it, it sort of meets at the top like a like a four sided pyramid. So you'll have that's right. The you'll have you know if you roll a one, let's three -sided say three sided pyramid. I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. oh yeah, as well <laughs> four sided because you got one side on the bottom. Oh, I suppose yeah. If you <laughs> yeah. look at it, three dimensional, so, yeah. But yeah, it would exactly. it would be three three peaks all meeting at the top, and if yeah. you roll the one, there'd be three ones pointing up at the top. That's a four sided die anyway. So there's not a lot. There are definitely examples found in archaeological digs and and in historicals of dice that are different sizes, mm -hmm. but they're not anywhere as popular today. Where games like Dungeons and Dragons and other role playing games, and actually a variety of kind of uh, adventure oriented games, where different um, Dice with different numbers of sides mm -hmm. are used because it gives you some mathematical flexibility yes. and probability issues yeah. and uh, flexibility on that. So, yeah, uh, yes, even the games I design use different size of the platonic dice okay. sets. Mm -hmm. It depends on your probabilities you want to work with yeah, for certain sense. actions to be happening. Yeah, I would imagine if everything's being done with a standard six-sided die, it kind of, it'll it'll get re repetitive after a while. Yeah, and so. six-sided die are definitely used for I would think ninety percent of games. Oh yeah, I don't think I'd ever even seen or heard of any other variations apart from a standard six-sided die until I introduced to Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, you have games like Backgammon. There's a game that comes for the Mesopotamian area, uh, very popular in, or variations of it were popular in Rome and the Byzantine period. Okay. And, and we inherited that game from a sense that Eastern sort of area from the perspective of Europeans, um, uh, popular game. Yeah. I mean, the game is played to this day. You can buy, you can buy even simple sets in dollar stores, mm -hmm. just like chess sets and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, it, it's a, a game, and because it has a bit of gambling to it, mm -hmm. uh, it's it has that. So does mahjong. Yeah. Uh, although mahjong can also be played without gambling, that's one of its attractions. Yeah. Gambling, dice games by far have a lot of gambling history, as I yes. mentioned, going back to Roman soldiers. But we know that uh, the, 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 that's one of the attractions. Now. I will jump for just for a couple of minutes to Mesoamerica. Okay. There's not as many games have been found in Inca, Aztec, uh, Mayan places, mm -hmm. but there has been two board games definitely found in Mesoamerica. And yes. They appear to be chase games. One is shaped like a cross or okay. an X, or more like it may be a T with each side is the same size. And it seems that you run around each one to the end and then back to the center and then down another line and back. But the game, we no one has left instructions on how the game is played. It's only from some uh, some carvings and some sort of folk stories that have come down that we have mm -hmm. an idea that the game is played. Well, one, one of the reasons that I read, because uh, I, I read a little bit about the Mesoamerican tabletop games that you're talking about, and one of the reasons why we unfortunately don't have a lot of instruction for how they were how they were played and what the rules were uh, is because of the Spanish. Uh, they, yeah, they, they burned a few things, didn't they? Yeah, they. Uh, well, this game in particular was banned during the Spanish conquest of yep. um, of South Amer South and Central America. So they actively destroyed anything to do with this game. Yep, they the they they century? contrived that it was satanic in some measure. Yeah, paganism, pagan and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So. The uh, the one last game just to bring attention uh, because of its growth 
in the West is the game Go. Mm, yep. Now Go is if look at if anybody just look it up online and you'll see it. It involves a large board, seventeen by seventeen, where you place white or black marbles or stones, kind of shaped stones, on the intersections of these lines that form this grid. And the idea is you surround space and surround your opponent's pieces, uh, and then there's a way to calculate in the end how much space you calculate once you run out of moves. Yeah, isn't it sort of, um, again, I'm, I'm not terribly familiar with this, but my understanding was that it's it's got, the, the victor is declared by... Uh, having surrounded the opponent's stones and owning the most territory That's or something right. like that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It is a game a game with only four rules. Okay. It is an elegant game. I understand and encourage those to go look it up online and learn about it. It's a simple game to play, but it has a depth of thinking that well well surprise you because of the strategies that you need to employ. You're always balancing between what your opponents are moving because once you put a piece down, you can't move it. Okay. Uh, but you have to think ahead an architecture of acquisition of space. Yeah. And uh, yes, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan and I yeah. encourage people to look it up because they may find that the thinking processes are a little different mm -hmm. than other traditional games. Actually, all of the games we mentioned here, the classic six, as they call it, mm -hmm. chess, checkers, backgammon, go, mahjong, and uh, dice games, they represent uh, a remarkably rich font of human creativity yeah. in amusement. Well, and I know Go in particular, when I was reading about that one, it, it was very highly lauded by a lot of different scholars in a lot of different disciplines for pretty much what you said, where it's one of those things that is incredibly simple to comprehend. It's very simple to That's right. to play and to get your sort of get your head around. Reading that there were... Uh, uh, Throughout Japanese history, in particular, there were whole schools and universities that were dedicated to the study of Go. And, and one of the things is there's a bit of a contest in whether it's Chinese origin. Yeah, I was or Japanese a, origin. I was reading a bit about that. I would read one source that said it started in Japan and made its way to China. Uh, I heard other others that went the other way around. So certainly, the Japanese are very attached to the game. They they see it almost as their a national game. Um, I do think the archaeological argument that says, no, it probably came from the Zhou dynasty of China mm -hmm. in around the year of 1600 to 1200 BC mm -hmm. has some strong evidence on that. But okay. anyways, that gives you a little bit of an idea. Games yeah. go back a long time. This is just one episode is just a smattering about it. We encourage those who are listening in here, uh, you know, uh, any of those classic games, check them out if you enjoy playing with them. Uh, we have found that during the 2020 and now 2021, <laughs> a lot of us are at home with the, uh, uh, the limitations of COVID. So it's a good time to rediscover yes. some good board games. Yes, especially if your Wi-Fi goes down. It's a great time to take, it, take care of it then. <laughs> But uh, this, is, uh, this has been our episode on games. I'm sure we'll do a part two on this one. I suspect we have far more that we can talk about on this well, subject. What we can explore is there are some lesser known games. Um, and yeah, we can yeah. always attack. But this one here, I think, will give a, a bit of a, a tease. Just okay, so okay, okay. Go and check out some of these things and see what you think. Go online, look up ancient Egyptian games, ancient 
Persian games, ancient Mesopotamian games, and take a look at what has been recorded by by scholars and archaeologists, and it's it's quite amazing yeah. of human creativity. Yeah, and, and just on sort of a, a closing note on the episode, I guess, one thing that really struck me while I was reading about these games and, and about ancient games in general is that um, it never occurred to me that how insightful a game could be about the society that plays it. Mm. Uh, that was something that really oh, struck yeah. me, is that when you see the setting in which the game takes place or have an idea of how it's played it at least tells you what was on people's mind. I mean, if someone were to look at our society and see games like uh, Risk or Battleship or Monopoly, you know, they, they could infer quite a bit based on the games that we play. And That's the a in which fascinating thought, that if you were to go a thousand years in the future and people dug up some ruins in a city and they pull up, what's this thing called Monopoly? Yeah. Or uh, Risk? Yeah. Or Connect some, Four. <laughs> with, with the Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, there you go. They would, uh, they, <laughs> they could say, do you know there were dragons back a thousand years ago? I never even thought of that. <laughs> So there, I think I think that's a good thought to end on. There were here be dragons, <laughs> here be dragons. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, uh, listening to our latest episode here about ancient games. Yeah. I'm Gordon, and I'm Shane, and we appreciate you uh, your attention and, and following along. And we encourage you to check out our other resources we put on our site. And we look forward to talking to you again. Have a great day. <laughs>